with you this morning? Amen. Okay. All right. I'll just make it up as I go if you want me to. But no, it, turn or, or scroll in, in your Bible app, if you would, uh, to the book of Matthew today. The book of Matthew. I want to share a message uh, from the Christmas story <laughs> entitled, What in the World is Going On? Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, when you think about Christmas, right? You think about uh, all the characters, right? We, we see them in, in your nativity scenes. We see uh, Mary. We see baby Jesus. We see the shepherds. We see the wise men, although the wise men showed up later. But anyway, anyway, uh, angels at, and Little drummer boy, right? Book of Hezekiah. Little drummer boy was not in the Christmas story. Uh, But do do you know who I think does not get enough credit? Is Joseph. Whoo! I'm going to tell you, Joseph, that was a quality man. And... I've got a feeling that in the story that we're about to read, now we don't have record of him saying this, but I'd be willing to guess that there was a point in this story where Joseph said, what in the world is going on? And I want to compare that today to those moments in our lives where our world kind of gets rocked for whatever reason. And you find yourself saying, what in the world is going on here? I've done nothing wrong, and yet it seems like my life has been turned on its head. How do you handle that as a child of God? I want to show you from the example of Joseph. So if you're able to, could you stand with me for the reading of God's word as we take a look at this together? Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. We're going to go to verse 25. I'm reading out the New International Version. If you have another version, just translate yours back to mine. If you don't have, <laughs> I'm just joking, don't send me emails. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, you could follow everything on the screen behind me, okay? Here we go. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with 
us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. God, uh, I pray that you would help us to see from the example of, uh, of one whose maybe life we've, we've kind of taken for granted for the sake of the rest of the characters in the Christmas story. But God, there's some powerful lessons to be learned about Joseph. So I pray that your word would speak to us very loudly today. And God, that we can apply what we hear and learn today and live this out when we walk out of here. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. What in the world is going on? Have you had those moments in your life? You're, you're, you're You're just coasting right along. Things are going a certain way. And then all of a sudden, something happens. Good or bad. But something happens, and you don't understand. It's out of your control, matter of fact. And it totally rocks your world. I am a planner. Most of you know that. I like having my plan. I like having my script. I like having my order of how I'm going to do things. I've got my Throughout the week, I've got my typical Monday things that I do. I've got my Tuesday things. I've got my Wednesday and so on. That's just kind of how I am. But when something kind of happens to rock that, man, are you like me? That could be like, how am I supposed to respond? And and it could just really, really mess with me a little bit emotionally and mentally and probably some other ways too. Well, let's... Let's multiply that exponentially here. Because here's Joseph, a man, a godly man, whose entire world was rocked, and I want you to catch this, the devil had nothing to do with it. Joseph's world was rocked, and the devil had nothing to do with it. There are some believers out there that would say, well, I tell you what, when my life gets tough, I just rebuke the enemy. And again, the enemy would be like, I got nothing. I had nothing to do with this. And here, Joseph's world just changes. So sometimes life or even the Lord will kind of play havoc with our plans, with our direction, with our life, and you're wondering, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this in a way that brings honor to the Lord? I mean, I don't want to walk away from God. I don't want to give up on God because I'm uncomfortable right now. And so that's not the answer. So what do I do? What, how do I respond when I have one of those what in the world is going on moments? In my life? Well, I'm really glad you asked that question today. Because there's a number of things that Joseph had to deal with. And I want to show you what those were. And really, I I just, I really want to take this very familiar story and just make it real for you here today. Okay? So 
Here we go. Number one, let's take a look at Joseph's dilemma. (laughs) And boy, did he have a dilemma. He had an issue. He had a problem. Again, verses 18 and 19 says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, let's back up just a little bit and explain a few things, okay? Back in Jewish times, Mary and Joseph were both Jews. Back in Jewish times, there was an engagement period that is a lot more binding than us 21st century Americans would understand engagement. Like nowadays, an engagement can be kind of broken off. But, but back then, if you were pledged or engaged to be married to somebody, that was almost as legally binding as marriage itself. Okay? Are you following me here? So here's Joseph. He has <laughs> his plans... He has met the woman of his dreams, Mary. He has asked her to marry him. She said, yes. I mean, this is like a Hallmark movie, right? Jesus, the drifter carpenter, shows up and meets Mary. I'm just joking. They were going to live happily ever after. And then, yikes. All of a sudden, those plans were totally derailed because this woman whom he loved was pregnant and the baby wasn't his. Joseph, I'm pregnant. You're kidding me. Who's the father? The Holy Spirit. Okay, so you're crazy too. Right? I mean, process this, would you guys? You're getting ready to marry the woman of your dreams. She's pregnant, and she claims she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. What in the world is going on? I had it planned perfectly, and now everything's been turned on its head. His plans were derailed. Mary's pregnant, it's not his. And even if it was his, there would be big trouble because they weren't married yet. And there were ways to take care of that in the law. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But here's his dilemma. What does he do? What does he do about this? And before we get to what he was to do, I want you to understand the emotions that Joseph no doubt was feeling here. At this time, because again, we're so used to seeing nativity scene Moses, right? He's kind of standing like this, or he's standing like this, and the light's shining on him, and everything's pretty and cute. And and let's let's be real. Let me show you the what I think were some of the emotions that Joseph was going through. Undoubtedly, he felt betrayed. Undoubtedly, he felt hurt. 
I bet he felt anger. Come on, honey, I'm pregnant. What? It's the Holy Spirit's baby. What? How about sadness? How about embarrassment? I mean, I don't even know people talk. Did you know that? I mean, no one here, okay? But people talk. People talk. Oh, there goes, you know who? Impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Okay. I mean, think of the ridicule that they had as a couple. Think of this. How about confusion? How about frustration? How about just plain defeat? I, I would venture to say that Joseph was feeling all or at least most of these emotions. And let me just pause here and say something to everybody here. If your life is, is such that you are facing these kind of emotions in your life, you're hurt, you're confused, you're frustrated, you're angry, you feel betrayed, what, what, whatever that list is, this is not the time for you to make a big decision. This is not the time to quit your job because you're frustrated. This is not the time to leave your family because you're confused. This is not the time to move to some other country and, and, and start living off the land because you're just a little bit frustrated about things. I have seen people make huge decisions in the midst of these emotions, and that is never the time to do so. Now, these emotions might lead us a certain direction, but listen, that, that should never be the springboard by which you choose to make a big call in your life. Hear me this. Hear me, please. Save you and your family some trouble. Never act out of these emotions. That's not how God acts. You hearing me? When you have these what in the world is going on moments, just press the pause button for a little bit because there's more that God wants to show you here. There's more that God wants to reveal to you in this. So never act out of extreme emotion. Secondly, I want to take a look not only at Joseph's dilemma, I want to take a look at Joseph's dream. So what's he do? He takes a nap. Naps are good. Amen? <laughs> That's the biggest amen I've gotten today. That's awesome. But I will say, I will say, this is not part of my message, but some of us, it would do us some good just to get a little bit of rest before we make a big decision. That was just free. Anyway, look at verses 20 and 21. After he had considered this, this whole, what am I going to do here? 
An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, again, look at verse 20. It said he considered this, so he was thinking on this. He didn't just react. He was thinking on this. I'll say it again. He didn't just react. He was thinking on this. And as he was thinking, that's when God chose to meet him. Now, understand, okay, here's what could have happened under Jewish law, all right? According to Jewish law, Joseph had rights to dissolve the engagement, dissolve the marriage, and he could have had Mary prosecuted and put to death for what he perceived that she had done. Before this dream, all he knows is that he got cheated on and now she's pregnant and she's claiming it's the Holy Spirit, okay? What in the world is going on? But because Joseph was a righteous man, he did not feel in good conscience that he could marry her who is now thought to be unfaithful. And because such a marriage would have been a bit of an admission of his own guilt and also because he was unwilling to expose her to disgrace of a public divorce, Joseph chose a quieter way, which was permitted by the law. You could actually, the law allowed for a private divorce in front of two witnesses. And that's what Joseph was proposing. That's what Joseph was thinking he had to do. It would keep his righteousness, his conformity to the law intact, and it would also keep his compassion and his love for Mary intact as well. So it's not like Joseph was saying, okay, I'm going to nail her. No, he, he chose to do things quietly to keep her safe in the midst of his hurt. You know, I've noticed that a lot of people tend to hurt other people when they themselves are hurt. We, we tend to be at our most dangerous when we're facing some pain ourselves. And we have to be careful that we don't hurt the people around us when we ourselves are hurting. So we have to be careful what we say. We have to be careful what we do. We have to be careful with where we go and the decisions that we make and how we conduct ourselves around those that we love the most. We have to be guarded about that because sometimes, even in spite of all of our plans, things change dramatically. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 puts it this way, many are the plans in a person's heart, but is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Look at that again, type A people. This verse should drive you crazy. Many are the plans in Phil Anderson's heart, but I've learned that it is the Lord's purpose that prevails over mine. Sometimes I've got plans. God says, I got better plans. No matter how much I tried to argue with God and let him know that my plans are much, much better, his plans are always better. How many of you know God does all things well? And he does all things right on time. And he does all things perfectly. And sometimes when God changes my direction, and sometimes when God changes things in my life, 
I can use that time to either distance myself from God or draw closer to God. You have that choice even today. You end that point where you say, what in the world's going on? I had these plans. I was going to marry this person. I was going to have this career. I was going to do this. I was going to make money this way. Things were going to go well. My ministry was going to look like this. Then all of a sudden, God changes. And may I remind you, the devil had nothing to do with it. God changes it. What's interesting, the Lord actually had a much bigger plan and a purpose than Joseph originally realized. Joseph's thinking, hey, found the girl in my dreams. I'm going to get married. Got my carpentry business. We're going to do good. It's going to be great. And then, wow, what in the world is going on? May I tell you that oftentimes, child of God, God has a different direction that is much bigger than you would have realized. God has a much bigger goal and strategy and plan in store for you than you had developed yourself in your own mind. And for some of us, that could be the biggest hurdle that we ever have to jump is going God's direction rather than our own. Thirdly, I want to take a look at what I call Joseph's defense. Joseph's defense. This would be easy to skip over if you're not careful. So I want to show you verses 22 and 23. Because here's what the scripture says. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, why is that verse significant? First of all, by the way, Matthew was written to the Jewish people. Uh, Matthew is the only gospel that was written to the Jewish people. And all throughout the book of Matthew, you will see that word fulfilled. Matthew will constantly refer to Old Testament prophecies Fulfilled in the life of Jesus Christ. Happens over and over, even in Christ's birth, it happened. And we see this as a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Here it is. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. What am I wanting to tell you? God wanted to point out that he was working according to his word. Don't miss this. See, because I've seen too many people who find themselves in these one the world is going on moments and their response is to do something that is contrary to what God's word says. Oh, well, okay, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to leave my husband. I'm going to get me a boyfriend. I'm going to get me a nice looking boyfriend, matter of fact. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that because I don't feel right about this. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make this terrible decision. And uh, I think God just wants me to be happy. So I'll just kind of go this way. Totally contrary to God's word. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. God will never, ever do anything that goes against the word of God. Never. Never. 
I've had people tell me, well, you know what? I think God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to live with my boyfriend. It's cheaper that way. Let me tell you something. Does God want you to do that? Well, I think he wants me to be happy. He will never make you happy at the expense of his word. Never. That's not from God. That's not, I don't care how many warm feelings you've got. That's not from God's word. That's not according to God's will. God will never contradict what his word says. Ever. Ever. And so, Joseph's defense. Why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen, Joseph? Why are you keeping this woman as your wife? Because I have confirmation from God's word that this is the way that I need to go. And listen to me. Do you know what you need during your what-in-the-world moments? You need to know what God's word has to say. You need to know that God's involved in this whole thing. you got to stand on the promises that God's word has. God's word says that he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. That's a promise that you could stand on. You need to stand on that promise. God is your refuge. He is your strength. He is a very present help in times of trouble. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He will meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. These are just some of the promises found in God's word. When you're going through a what in the world is going on moment, you better know what God's word has to say. And the problem is we have a lot of people trying to follow Jesus without knowing what his word says at all. I fear for a biblically illiterate generation. I really do. We need to know what this word says. Not of it. We need to know it. We need to live it. We need to apply this to our lives. There's times I'm on my way to church and I need to preach. And I'll say, Lord, I know what your word says. Your word says that your word will never come back void. It'll accomplish what it set out to do. So, Lord, I'm standing on that promise today. God, things are tough at home right now. Bills are piling up. Expenses are there. But, Lord, your word says that you'll supply every need that I have according to your riches in glory. God, I feel unsafe at work, at home, wherever the case might be. But, Lord, your word says that you are a refuge You are a very present help in times of trouble. I don't have to talk you into helping me. You are there already. You're a very present help in times of trouble. What promise do you need to stand on, Joseph? What do you need to fall back on to say, you know what? This is what I know from God. I don't even have this whole thing figured out. I don't even know what's going to happen with this, but here's what I know. I know what God's word says, and that's enough for me. Lastly today, I want to finally give you Joseph's direction. Because after all of this, Joseph could have said no. You realize that? After all of this, Joseph could have said, no way. I'm starting over. New new bride, new life. I don't need this drama I don't need the extra stuff that's coming from obeying the Lord. Going God's direction will cost you. 
I'm just going to be straight. Whoever told you this is easy, <laughs> can I remind you, Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. That's not easy. So it's going to cost you something. And for Joseph, I have no doubt that it cost him many of the emotions that we looked at earlier. Maybe it cost him ridicule, misunderstanding from those that loved him. People questioning his reputation and his integrity, his wisdom. May I tell you that following God's direction, somebody will always have an opinion on that. May I say that again? When you follow God's direction, somebody will have an opinion. And don't you stop believing that Mary and Joseph heard the opinions of other people. Verses 24 and 25, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. He did everything that he was told to do. You know what that word is? Obedience. This is the takeaway from this message. You might be in a what-in-the-world-is-going-on moment in your life right now. And those are not fun. Those are difficult to navigate. But the common denominator of everybody who's ever gone through that and come out victorious is this word on the screen. Obedience. I will obey God no matter what. I'll obey God no matter how difficult it seems. I'll obey God no matter how inadequate I feel. I will obey God no matter what other people think. Some people might say, you know what? You're too old to do this. Well, I know what God told me to do. Some people might say, you're not qualified to do what God's directed you to do. And you know what? You're not. But with Jesus Christ, you are. God doesn't call qualified people. He qualifies called people. He will give you what you need, everything you need to fulfill the calling that God's placed on you. No matter what the opinions. I remember when I told my mom I was going to go in the ministry. She was not happy. She wanted me to be an attorney. Oh, law and order. Doom, doom. And, and I, I was even to the point where I wanted to defend Christian civil liberties. Something similar to what like a Jay Sekulow might be doing. Not that I would have gotten to that level. So it's not like my ambition in life was to sell crack. Okay. I had a good plan. It was a good plan. But God said, I've got a different direction for you. And when mom heard that, she thought, oh. In fact, I even had a lady in my church say, what a waste of such talent. I thought, thank you. So there were opinions. But I knew what God said to me. I knew what he said to me. And has ministry been, always been easy? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 
you know? Sometimes it's tough. Even with great people that I get to serve with, sometimes ministry can be challenging. It can be difficult. But I know what God's called me to do. Some would say, well, you're hanging around too long. You're too old. You need to think about doing something else. You need to be an evangelist. Well, I don't have a white suit, so I can't be an evangelist. And so... <laughs> that was terrible. But I know what God's called me to do. I've been able to say no to some things because I know what God's called me to do. I've been able to decline what some people would think is a promotion, whatever that means. Because I know what God's called me to do. You see, it's easy to do that when you know what God's direction is for your life. Even if other people disagree. So Joseph, hear me today. Maybe God has just totally upended your world because he has a greater purpose for you in your life. Don't run from that. Obey. Obey. You may not understand it. In fact, maybe your only, <laughs> your only response is, what in the world is going on? Is there sin in my life? Did I do this? What's going on? Did I pray wrong? What happened? What did, and God just says, no. I've got a plan. I've got a plan for you. And it's bigger than you. But I've got a plan for you. And, and, and if you'll just obey the Lord. And listen, obey him in the small things. I'm going to close with Jonathan. Can you help me out? Obey him in the small things. So many people want God to use them in the big stuff, and they won't be faithful in the small stuff. I don't know who this is for, but if you want God to increase your influence, and if you want God to do great things through you, then you need to be willing to be faithful to God when no one else is looking, and when there's no applause, and there's no standing ovation, and there's no news article written about you, and there's no plaque, and there's no hand clap, and nothing like that. It's just you and God. And if you could be faithful when no one else is looking, I promise you, God will consider you faithful when everyone's looking. So you be faithful in the small stuff. And then God will ready you for the big. Can you say amen? amen. Would you stand with me? I want to give you a chance to pray, Joseph. I want to give you a chance to maybe ask that question. God, what in the world is going on? You may not even get it. And guess what? He might not tell you everything right now, and that's okay. That's okay. And that dream, God kind of painted with a broad brush what was going on. He didn't know, that Joseph didn't know all the details. But God had a plan. So may I liberate you from having to know all the details. Just be faithful and obey what the Lord tells you to do. Joseph and he'll take care of the rest obey obey don't act contrary to God's word 
obey? And then eventually you're going to get the answer to this question. (laughs) That God had you in the palm of his hand the entire time. All you had to do, as difficult as it was, all you had to do was obey. So Joseph, if you're in that moment in your life right now, could I give you a chance just to sit down with God for a few moments before you leave this place and say, Lord, I don't get it. Lord, I am so confused. I need some clarity. <laughs> and I'm not guaranteed that an angel's going to show up in your room tonight. If he does, call me. But, but, but he very well may just speak to you through his word. He very well just might speak to your heart and to your spirit. And that's all you need. So Joseph, don't go a step further without talking to the Lord first. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. When I say amen, I'm going to give you a chance to begin praying just you and God. And when God releases you today, you could be dismissed to fellowship with one another in the lobby. But for now, why don't we talk to him and see if he might answer this question for a lot of us in here today. So Jesus, some of us, we could very much identify with Joseph and what he was going through and everything that was happening. Lord, I ask you that your Holy Spirit would touch those that are here today that might be at a real critical point where they're not sure what to do. But God, you've been in this the whole time. So Lord, we just depend on you and we look to you and we listen to you. So God, give us the courage and the strength to obey. And God, help us to recognize your voice like we never have before. And I pray, God, that the purposes that you have for the people in this room and those watching us online will be greater than anything we could have ever imagined. So Jesus, we submit this to you. And for those of us that need to talk to you, meet with us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to...